Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Matt. I'm Dan. I'm Opie. I'm Dave. And I'm Kinzian. And this is Death D4 Dishonor. Today is Friday, May 12th, and this is episode one in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons. This is hosted by the Gray Area Podcast and features the Geekbits Podcast members. Today we create our characters and begin the campaign. Tinzian, our Dungeon Master, you are a go. Thank you very much, and thanks for all of you for joining us. Uh, this is going to be an initial outing onto the Keep of the Shadowfell adventure. It's known as uh, H1 or version 4.0 uh, of Dungeons and Dragons. Shadowfell. Writing it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good to go. Good to go. <laughs> I'm going to be the dungeon master for this particular series, and uh, I myself started playing the red box back in Boy Scout camp around age 10, so I played up through the various versions, but uh, this is going to be the largest group in a while that uh, I have led through a adventure, and I look forward to it. So the best place to start is with the characters themselves, so... Let's say, Matt, would you go ahead and tell us uh, the name of your character, a little bit about you, uh, and we can go forward from there. Yeah, um, my character's name's Kurik. He is an elf hunter. Um, he is He's a young elf at uh, 120 years old, because um, el- the way I understand it, uh, the way I think about it, elves age differently. Yep, yep. Um, so he's, uh, and I don't know, I guess that's right. Um, he's, uh, he's, like I said, he's a hunter. He's at home in the woods. Uh, he's a tracker, a stalker. Um, you know, he's... Stalker? He's, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a stalker, right? He, uh, he hangs out by the middle school. No, um, he, uh, uh, he's, he's at one with nature. Um, he comes from the high forest in the, uh, the northwestern region of, um, somebody help me out. Dan, what's the map <laughs> that we have? Oh, of the Forgotten Realm. Uh, Faeron. Yes. Yeah, the, the northeast... The, I'm sorry, the northwestern region. Uh, the High Forest is in that region. That's where he comes from. Um, he's he's kind of a... He's he's somewhat of a loner due to the fact that uh, his... Um, I don't want to use the word t- tribe, but his 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 family, his, his extended group, his, his clan, basically. Um, when he was out... Uh, when he was very young, he was out hunting by himself one day. And his entire tribe was, for for unknown reasons, was wiped out by the revenants. <laughs> oh, uh oh. He's the last, not the last of his kind, oh. just the last of his of his clan or tribe, if you will. So he's, he's the last starfighter. Yeah, so he's not very happy with with that. Right. Wow. Awkward. Trouble brewing <laughs> on the horizon. <laughs> Dan, oh, do you so wish yeah. to counter? Yes, I would. Alright, my character originally was named Daros Davenshire. That was his surname when he was alive. Uh, The Davenshires lived outside of Hardcastle, which is out in the Shar. Plains and forests and things like that all around him. Grew up in a small family. His father, Tywin, his mother, Meredith, and his little sister, Ileana. Um, They lived on the outskirts of town due to the fact that his mother was an elf, and it wasn't really looked upon as a good thing in their village. So they kind of stayed on the outskirts of town, but everything went along as long as they kept their distance and, you know, kept the peace among town. 
Um, Tywin, his dad, uh, is well known in the area. Uh, he was part of the local militia. He would uh, do recon for him, do scouting for him. Uh, but he's also known as a great hunter, and a lot of people would take him out because of his ranging abilities. And Daros, when he got old enough, started going with his dad. And he took to the abilities really well because he has these heightened senses due to his mother being an elf. He's a half-elf. Uh, on his 18th uh, birthday, he joined the militia with his father and became the best one out of all of them for scouting and ranging. Uh, but something tragic happened on his 24th birthday. On that night, a band of three thieves broke into their home and slaughtered his family right in front of him. And killed Daros in the process after killing all of his family right in front of him. Uh, knowing of this, after his death, the Raven Queen um, brought him to court, which she usually didn't sit in very often, but she came to this one due to the, uh, uh, the heinous nature of his death. And um, gave him the chance to have his life back and finish his, uh, his deeds or follow, finish the story and finish out what he wants to do because what he wants is revenge for the death of his family. Um, so now he walks around. He's a loner. He's very pale-skinned. He wears a cloak and a hood so no one knows who he is. Uh, kind of keeps to himself. Stays in the shadows. Never, venture, never ventures into a town unless it's nightfall. Stays in the back corners of taverns where he hears news and things like that of going on, goings on around the, the country and whatnot, trying to find these thieves. He's also implemented himself into a bunch of band of thieves with his already inherent abilities to use these uh, stealth abilities and whatnot. He's joined these bands of thieves so he can infiltrate and find the people that killed his family. And I'd also like to point out he was never with any other remnants, no matter what elves died. He wasn't even there. He doesn't know anything about that. Never heard of it. He's a loner. He's by himself. Okay. So, Genesis. Okay. My character is Anatari. She's a female, good aligned Kalishtar war priest. The Kalishtar are an interesting kind of race. They're like a combination of a race called the Quarry and they combine together to make the Kalishtar. I, I don't know the other race, it doesn't say. Um, and they're from the nation, she's from the nation of Adar. And she has psionic powers. And when she was born, there was a prophecy saying that she was going to go out and battle with the uh, Path of Shadows in in the Kalishtar, there's sort of the Path of Light and the Path of Shadows, and the Path of Light try the people in the Path of Light try to help kind of the age turn over and time continue on, and the, the Dreaming Dark are like the Path of Shadows, and they try to keep time from continuing on and, and try to end the world, sort of. So she's kind of left uh, Darkor, which is the main city in, in Adar, and gone off to sort of seek her destiny of of how she's going to fight the assassins of the Dreaming Dark and, and where they are, so she's seeking them. Um, that's pretty much about her. Very good, Jensi. Uh, anything else left to add? Um, I, I don't know. I had never seen the Kalashtar before. When I was reading about them, apparently the quarry are kind of spirits that inhabit these hosts and when they have a child the child has the memories of 
the mother or father and they share the memory so it's like the entire race has this imprinted memory through thousands of people that they all share so they're kind of like one people in a very real sense so it's very rare for them to leave um doll quar and venture out so this is sort of an anomaly kind of girl but it was a neat a neat race to look up i liked it uh dave Okay, um, I created a uh, Mentar Barbarian uh, named Eldrock. Um, not really familiar with my backstory at this point. Um, I was uh, unconscious, came to about five days ago. Wow. Uh, trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to wow. figure out uh, pretty much where I am. Um, I know that uh, I know I'm supposed to be looking for somebody, not 100% sure who. Uh, trying to <laughs> awesome. find somebody that might be able to recognize me, help me out a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm working on, uh, it, I know that I'm pretty okay with, with being around groups of people and stuff like that. I, I get, a, get along with the people that I've run into so far pretty well. Um, I do know that, uh, I don't take kindly to people trying to mess me over. And uh, watch out for the revenants. Uh... Did I mention my character really likes hamburger? Wow! <laughs> Is your last name born? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, first name Wolverine. Eldrock born. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much where I'm at at this point. So cool. I actually really okay. like that story. That's good. Opie, go ahead. Uh, my character's name is Bosk. B O S. B O S C. Like a bosk. Like a bosk. Anyway, I have a Goliath uh, knight, in which a Goliath race is one of the largest races that I guess you wouldn't call them human. They're Goliath, but they're a human like race. Um, basically, uh, the backstory on my character is um, his family was um, attacked and sold into slavery, and he was raised an orphan by a dwarven village um so basically he was a goliath raised by dwarves oh. and uh he was taken in by uh some dwarves in the uh, ice rim mountains um in the realm that we're playing and basically being a, a goliath in a dwarf city he had his troubles with his size and so to speak so everything that was built in the city had to be a custom or had to be you know customized for him he also was always picked first for all the sporting events that the dwarfs had in their city because he was apparently, you know, the biggest and the strongest um, person there. Um, basically, his athletic ability um, portrayed him on to join the military, so he was uh, um, skilled in all the professions uh, of the dwarven army and uh, eventually was knighted by the dwarf king. So um, he is on a mission. His main goal in life is to one day find his parents, and if they are still alive, maybe conquer uh, those who took them. He doesn't know who he took them. He just knows that they reside in the south, in the far south. So his journey is going to begin here soon to uh, make his way that way to see if he can find any clues. Um, he is a very loving, um, sort of uh, protective, uh, good Goliath. Um, being grazed around all those smaller races, he sort of Everyone looked up to him as as a larger figure, as a role model, model just based on on um, based on size alone. But his bio, you know, his bio says that 
Um, he had a steady um, diet of malt, ale, and uh, red meat growing up. So he's a rather large <laughs> seven-foot awesome. dwarf. He's about 30 <laughs> years old. So he's reaching his uh, he's reaching into the mature years of his manhood. So he's ready to take on any challenges. Excellent job. As a bit of uh, background information for people who are listening, this is a new campaign using the H1 series, as I mentioned before. All the players are starting as level one. Now, this is a very uh, eclectic group of races and people. We're not necessarily following the standard format for a fourth edition adventure. I gave permission under house rules to allow them to create their characters under the mm, umbrella of the Forgotten Realm series uh, from previous versions of the game. All of the characters were built with the uh, Wizards of the Coast authorized character builder. So the stats work, the talent cards work, everything is there. They are just allowed the breadth and realm of the Forgotten Realms. There will be portions of time where I'm going to be referencing um, a video camera or an image. I'm going to be using uh, a whiteboard and my video camera on Skype to pass along map information to members of the party. This way, instead of me trying to describe a room, I can do a rough sketch of something, show them where some of the major things are, and then we can I can continue to verbally flesh out the room and answer questions. So. For those of you who are not part of this, uh, you're just going to have to kind of follow along with that, but excellent. Using house rules uh, is sort of a trademark and enjoyment of mine, so there may be times where uh, things do not stand up to canon or um, some rules may change arbitrarily based on portions of the story where people are at. This okay. is largely intentional, and there may be pauses as portions are added in or uh, adventures off the written uh, module happen. So um, let's get this thing started. I will present a little bit of a backstory here. Oh, uh, in addition, um, some of the most of the players here have uh, not had previous experience with D and D. So they have asked me to go somewhat slowly through certain combat events and events until they're comfortable, and then things will pick Very up. Slowly. So, Very slowly. Very uh, slowly. Thank you, Dungeon Master, sir. And I am, I am most happy to do that. So if you are a seasoned role player for D&D, and this is going to go slow, Wait till or it may go three. fast, but this is You'll get a kick our adventure, out of and if you want to do something, or you want to disagree, or you want to comment, you can go to our website at uh, deathd4dishonor.com, leave comments in the discussion area, and we'll be uh, happy to discuss them. <laughs> I can see it now. You guys suck! You're slow! Great. Helpful comments. We are having fun on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let me uh, read the setting information that they give for this module, and then I'll go over briefly what some of the threat is. I don't expect you guys 
off the bat to understand what some of this threat information is, so there may be a period of question and answer afterwards, perfectly fine. <coughs> Realms both wondrous and dire border the world. One such realm is the Shadowfell. Although not inherently evil, the Shadowfell is fraught with dangers, and the barrier between the worlds can seem thin at times. Sometimes darkness breaks into the light. Nearly 200 years ago, a cult of the demon prince Orcus purposely created such a gap, connecting one of Orcus's unholy Shadowfell sites to the world. Skeletons, zombies, and farler creatures flooded through the rifts into the light of day. The Empire of Nereth dispatched legionnaires to eliminate the threat. The Empire's soldiers destroyed the undead, sealed the opening, and built a keep to watch over the location and contain the threat. This is a site known as the Keep of the Shadowfell, where our adventures are going to be. Decades of peace followed, and the village of Winterhaven arose within sight of the keep. Eventually, the great fort fell into ruin and its grand purpose forgotten. Today, it is seen as a harmless tumble of stone and wood. If only that were true. Threats. Time passed and empires fall, and even Nereth wasn't immune to the ravages of time. The once great human empire collapsed almost a century ago, and only memories of its glory remain. Deep within the ruins of the keep, the magic seals crafted by the Nereth wizards continue to protect the rift. The time has begun to erode even this powerful magic. Moreover, the cult of Orcus has returned to the site, intent on finishing what its ancient brethren started. The cult seeks to open the rift of the Shadowfell. However, the magic seal has, yes, has so far frustrated the cult's intention. Time, however, is on their side. Unless the cult is stopped, the seal will collapse and the passage into the Shadowfell will be open anew. If that happens, Winterfell will face the threat alone. Leagues of dangerous roads separate the village from its closest neighbors, and the place has always stood as a point of light in the ever-growing darkness. Even so, Winterhaven won't stand long against endless swarms of ravaging undead. The cult of Orcus seek to open the rift, establish a foothold, and launch further atrocities against the world at large. This is known as out-of-character information. Portions of this information, such as Shadowfell, the fact that there was once a cult activity here, the fact that there is a keep, are possibly known to the characters if they are from this general area. If not, they may be summoned from other means to this area. The large part about the Cult of Orcus is unknown to the characters. Please treat that information as out of character. There are a number of ways for adventurers to come on board into an area. They may stumble across a lady in trouble. They may stumble across a man in trouble. They may pull a cat from a tree. They may pull a lion from the deepest pits. But adventure tends to find adventurers. In this case, I propose to the party at large an adventure home. From all around the area. Those who know this region know of Marlo the Great, who is a member of the great church of the good deity of Palor, who is deity of the sun. For those further past, perhaps riders have reached out and gained access to a noteboard 
to the town flyer, to the town crier, to the town hall, expressing that there is adventure, but more importantly, need in the town of Winterhaven. To each of you in the party, I now ask, how do you wish to have been contacted and made your way here? I'm going to say that Xanatari is still on her sort of vision quest to discover um, the assassins of the dark and has heard rumors of something evil brewing in um, Winterhaven and is kind of passing by to seek information and and that's how she ends up kind of in this area. Yeah, I have heard, uh, I'd heard through my uh, travels, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traveler, I'd heard through my travels that a, uh, a rather large uh, gathering of revenants would be uh, in this area, so I wanted to come and maybe seek some revenge. Hmm. <laughs> I think I probably heard the stories told at a tavern of something going on in this city. And since I had not been there yet, I want to travel there to continue my quest of finding the thieves, thinking that they may be part of this, or they may be part of this evil plot in this town. So that's how I heard about it. Okay. Tra uh, traveling south along my journey to find out the uh, the uh, attackers or killers of, or, of my parents, um, I've been asking a lot of questions, and... Uh, uh, elders, people in the areas I've been in, have told of the of the the types of attackers, or there is a skirmish in the city. So I'm going to go that way and, and and check that out also. And I pretty much just wake up outside of town in in this kind of like shack type <laughs> building. Not sure how I got there. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Not sure how I got there, or or why, or what. But I, I pretty much come to in there, and I'm pretty much stumbling around trying to figure out where the heck I'm at. And Dave, that's perfectly fine because uh, you may learn soon that that's completely plausible. So, adventurers, you have arrived at the city of Winterhaven. Some call it a city because the people in this area have never known what a true city is. To them, their place is great. Their place is grand. It's home. It has its troubles. But goods, services, knowledge have always entered one of three roads. The southwestern road, the eastern road, or the northern road. The northern road heads towards the Shadowfell, just the keep just to let you know. But of late, their priestess, Marla, has been in either seclusion, or of late, she's actually been out on the road attempting to... Yes, Marla, M-A-R-L-A. Attempting to seek something out. She is due back today at the church. There doesn't seem to be a great motley crew of people waiting for her at the gate, at the steps. 
merely you five. Hmm. We're at the steps where now? We're at the, the church. Of the church. Steps of the great <laughs> church for Paylor. He is a good deity of the sun, at least as far as this area is concerned. If you follow the Forgotten Realms, they are also uh, possible other fire deities or sun deities. But for this local area, Paylor is uh, numero uno. Um, as a basketball game, out of character information for the players. Orcus is uh, Prince of the Dead. He is very bad juju. So uh, you can sort of see some um, potential for nastiness from this fellow. The door. But emerges a lady dressed in the robes and garments of a priestess. A giant sun is emblazoned and embroidered upon her chest. Her hair, bright red, with a streak of white, and she surveys those around the steps. She makes a point of looking at each of you. Genesee, she looks at your character with a bit of a raised eyebrow, unsure quite what you are, but you are close to her, but foreign. Dan, she looks at you, and it's almost as if she reaches for her holy son. <laughs> yeah, I figured. She <laughs> looks worried but cast her eyes to the sun back to you and to the sun she is either in communion or wrestling with some inner thoughts but while she then goes to look at Bosk you get the sense that there is perhaps some lingering study upon you Vosk, she looks at you, she sees someone of the mountains. She sees someone perhaps more familiar to her. You are tall, but you're armored. This seems to make more sense to her. Perhaps she ascribes a little bit more importance to this fact. Not a direct bias or a direct boon, but you sense that perhaps the two of you will have words quite soon. Dave, she then ne looks next to you, takes in your entire form, but does not seem too surprised that a minotaur is standing before her. She doesn't seem to look at you like you are a mage that is polymorphed or some strange alternate being or that you are truly out of place for this area mm. having just woken up you're not sure if there's been bias you're not sure of the mood but you almost feel kind of warily welcomed that should she find boss to be mute she would have <laughs> words with you 
<laughs> Matt, for some reason, she seems more, not alarmed, but a little more stunned than even when she was looking at Daros. Take that! <laughs> she was stunned with my beauty and my six-pack. Wow. It's quite perhaps, and the fact that you carry a big bow. That's right. And I have it's a big quite weapon. possible. <laughs> <laughs> but in your travels here, you don't recall much of an elf presence in the area. Let alone elves much like yourself. But then again, you should know that. She looks again at all of you. She seems to come to some slight measure of peace with Daros. She seems that this is, she'll be an inclusion. Take what she can get, because somehow Pelor has brought you to her. Looking again amongst the crowd, if you look over your shoulders, there is not a great congregation of the, of the town behind you. Rather, business is going on as normal. There are, of course, looks to the sky as if checking time. Perhaps duties to be done. Things to be accomplished. Stuff yet to do that has been delayed. Or maybe it's really important to know where the sun is because in the absence of sun, there's dark. Maybe. But you can't tell yet. Marla opens her mouth as if to speak, but again closes her eyes, pausing as if in prayer. There seems to be a great weight upon her, and she seems to be uncertain if she should share this great weight in its entirety or piecemeal. Do any of you have any responses to the study? What would your characters be possibly considering at this point? Um, it does not have to be an open verbal response or greeting to her at this point if you don't want, but you have just gone under the microscope, obviously. Uh, for me, I am just standing quietly behind everyone, <laughs> just listening. That's all I'm doing, just paying attention, hearing what I can hear. Nothing else. Keeping my head down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little uneasy with her, um, her being taken with Daros because I'm I'm very untrusting of him from the minute I see him because I'm very untrusting of that race. So um, when I see how she reacts to, to him, I, you know, I want to I want to warn her, but it's but I, I I don't say anything. I'm. I'm going to be very outspoken. I'm going to step forward and ask her. You know, I had called to a militia. I heard that there was ongoings in this city. You know, I am on the quest, and I and I seek information. Do you introduce yourself by name as yet, or do you just simply provide what you have just told me? Well, I will bow. I am a knighted. I am a knighted warrior. So therefore, I'm a man of military. I'm going to bow and graciously introduce myself as boss of the uh, of the Dwarven tribe of the Osram Mountains. Okay. Jennifer. I simply uh, introduce myself as Kurik, and uh, in uh, as my clan 
their typical greeting, just uh, their right hand over the left side of their chest, kind of over their heart, and, that, and that's it. Okay. Dave, do you have anything? Because of the fact that I felt... I, I could kind of sense that she felt at ease a little bit. You know, she didn't seem like she was it. I took offense to or, or sensed that they were bad as um, I walked up to her um, and that I was aware of even where I was but I felt comfortable enough that I could speak with her to see if maybe she had any information about me or information about the city and might, what might be going on. Okay. Uh, I think I would do a ritualistic greeting and uh, just just do a ritualistic greeting and say hello. I don't think I'd introduce myself or just kind of wait to see what she has to say basically. Very good. She takes in your responses. She takes in that moment of pause. And she sighs. Not as a frustrated sigh, but as a perhaps this is something that she can now, a burden that she can now spread for the positive benefit of Winter Haven instead of a great weight that just simply grinds her into the ground. She introduces herself as Marla, the voice of Palor for this area. She claims to not be in his inner circle, his inner flame, but she is not without warmth for Winter Haven and all that it stands for. In essence, she is the high priest for the area, but her level of ego would seem to dictate a certain sort of alignment on her part. She's more willing to put others of value before herself. She looks at each of you and personally asks you to step over the line of the church door of your own willingness to discuss what has brought you here for so many different reasons that she hopes that she will be able to answer questions and tie your needs for answers, for questing, for whatever it is that has brought you here into a common united goal. With that, she backs through the door, not turning her back upon any of you. You sense that this is not a distrustful thing on her part, but rather she is attempting etiquette as she knows it for this particular region. She does, however, seem to keep Daros in the corner of her eye, but not in a harsh glare <laughs> always racially profiled <laughs> she wants to get those digits later <laughs> you 
you uh, can we roll a the invitation in? Oh, okay, okay. Good. Oh, was, wait, uh, Gen- sorry, Genesee wants to uh, make a roll. I want to check out the in- interior of the church and see, uh, like, if we're talking bare stone walls and alcoves, or if there's some sort of, I don't know, if if there's anything of use to see, I guess. Okay. Um, the following would be considered out-of-character information, unless, uh, except to Genesee, unless uh, some of you are going to follow her or um, express a similar interest at this point in time. You said you're just going to, you, you want to know what the inside of the church is like? Yeah, I'm just rolling to see, to take a look, to see if this is a wealthy church that has a lot of, um, you know, gold and ornaments all over the walls to the Palor, or if this is a bare, poor town. Basically, I'm trying to, to figure out if this is the sort of church that's going to be collecting from the people, or or if they're going to be um, sort of more bare and troubled. I'm cool with that. Like, tell me all the gold that's in there. Yeah, I know you're like that. <laughs> you pass through the door without igniting, so you're fine. Well, I was about to say, I was going to say, my character doesn't enter the church. Oh. He turns to one character, he turns to Boss, because Boss knelt and spoke with her. And he just says, I'll join you on this mission, but I cannot enter that, that church, that sanctuary. I'll remain out here. Well, at this point, we don't even know what she's troubled about, so we don't have a mission. We're just individually wandering. Do Do you want to just wait? And well, I, was, I don't know if I can enter the church, though. I'm undead. Yeah, yeah, he's undead. He may not be able to go in. Right. So that's why I was saying I mentioned just to him in a quiet voice to say, oh, I don't know what to say. Maybe just bring me the information that you learn and stay outside. And kind of Maybe. nod my head to him, and I just remain outside. I smirk at Daros's reluctance to enter the church, and I go in willingly. <laughs> okay. I the... acknowledge... Go on. Oh, I was going to say I acknowledge Daros with a nod, but I am... My demeanor and uh, being a leadership, um, I'm a little naive to, to get my information, so I willingly go in accept the invitation and I'm probably the first in and I go in I don't really really care about what's in there so much as what information she has to give me right I, I, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way I, I'd rather I don't care as much about the church itself rather than yeah, just, I, I want to know I what just, she has to say yeah I, I'm trying to find information about me if she has any um, and just mainly just to see what I can do to assist them if they have any any needs for my services. Perfectly fine. And this is all part of uh, the role-playing experience that you all have somewhat different uh, agendas and stuff. So let me uh, reply to um, Genesee first and then I will work my way around to um, try and accommodate what all of you have said. Uh, the interior of the church is not an extensively large church. Um, I'd probably say maybe 70 to 80 feet by 70 to 80 feet. The roof is largely 
open well it's not a standard stone roof it seems that there is quartz or a quartz like material that covers the roof to allow light in during the day while still having some degree of stability and strength at night um, there are your usual buttresses and um, columns supporting what gold there is in the um, church itself is impressive yet limited in number it's it's not an ostentatious church it's not a poor church but there is a sense that there is wealth within this church that is not directly on display and I guess I'm looking more for just a sense that this is sort of like the central hub of the village and that there are people here praying or doing some sort of something or if yes, this is there's... just like an, an isolated kind of no there there is there are a lot there are a lot of people relative to the space of the church that are going about doing things there's they're either praying there also seems to be one corner of the wall that seems to be set up as as a long table um as if maybe like a community not so much like a soup kitchen because the overall town doesn't seem like it's a destitute town it's definitely got some trading potential that's, that it's had if it knew what it was doing perhaps better it could be like a huge booming destined to be a metropolis maybe 200 years down the line kind of like so it's not that people are starving but it seems like there is a sense of community here where people are looking out for each other even though it may not be directly um Okay, so Marlo, I would get the sense that Marlo would be speaking for this community, that this would be like a very well-used yes. building where, yes. you know, being Kalashtar, I, I like the community aspect and, and would be wanting to speak to the person who kind of had some sort of influence over the larger population. Yeah, this, 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 sort of, this sort of seems like the place that, you know, uh, a, a, a barn burns down, two days later that barn is cleared away and they got people helping to build. But at the same point, people come in and pay respects within the church to Kalor um, without having to be dragged in through the door because the deity needs worshipers. It's more of a, they have integrated within the community um, versus being a by the iron fist uh, sort of deity. If you guys had like a religion or um, if you had the religion skill I do. and you wanted to make a role on that sort of thing, you might know, you might have heard of the Church of Paylor from elsewhere and then you could try and compare depending on how your role went with what, um, how they are in Winter Haven. Okay, I just, that's all I wanted to get, so I will just note this as I follow her deeper into the church. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, boss, you coming up and talking to her and being the first one in seems to reinforce to her 
that you know you definitely are the one that if if, if leadership is needed or at least a stern shoulder is needed you you would probably be the one that she would turn to okay there, there is there is a sense within her eyes and gaze that she almost wishes that someone else would step up to be a leader because i think that she sort of senses that there's potential in everyone um but she is not looking at you like you are the least or you are the poor choice or the oh it has to be you but it's the not this it, guy it, it will be you and she will be happy with that but you know if somebody else stood up you get the sense that you know you would be brought into the community to, to speak up. he's so special um she stops just beyond the entry to the church and she makes a quarter turn and you can sense that she sees that Daros is going to be remaining outside she does not go further into the church not out of annoyance but she seems that if she's going to have a have, have a discussion she's going to see that she has to include you again a little sense of weariness you know you haven't you're, you're out in the middle of day yeah you, looking looking uh, looking around, nobody has been kind of like, okay, we've got to go get the, torch, <laughs> the you know the torch and pitchforks out for this guy. <laughs> but but there's something going on here. Stands out. Well, Zanatari was planning. I have two-way telepathic communication within five squares. I was planning mm -hmm. on just uh, broadcasting this conversation to him anyway. There you go. Well, that with, is so awesome. Well, I actually like. I actually like that she stayed in earshot, and uh, I slightly nod to her to show my respect for her standing there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's cool. Is Darius she, and Marlo? Are they going to end up hooking up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so Beauty and the Beast. Go. Once you go it, it never go back. I am raving it. <laughs> It's 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 D and D. Who knows? Necrophilia could be in the loot table. Ooh. You know, the 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 undead may view booty as uh, an entirely different concept. Okay. And, uh, Reported. <laughs> um, she seems more and more amazed with how Dan's Minotaur is like Dave? Sort of like the North Koreans and South Koreans if the, if the North Koreans came down and started having like hey we want to go have a beach party and being completely <laughs> contrary be like okay that's kind of cool you know you guys brought the beer yeah I've got the munchies let's, you know let's do that she sort of seems like there is something almost like multiple seasons have changed it's gone from summer to winter or perhaps winter to summer Probably the winter to summer, and that there is there is something here to be gained to be. I don't know what the word is, but but there there is something special in it, and it's it's not that she is, um, you know, the smotten with smotten. Whatever. The word, <laughs> I love whatever it. She's not. <laughs> but she. She seems to be impressed with the Minotaur standing in the church of Palor of his apparent own free will, expressing confusion and scratching himself. The, the moo is you. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and by the way, to answer your question earlier, Dan, uh, the guidebook, the, the module book, it provides a certain overview. It gives me certain little nuggets. But what I'm doing is pulling stuff from those nuggets and making the story wrap around instead of you walk over here and you fell down a well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm totally loving it. Um, so a lot of this is information I'm giving you that if you wanted to take notes, you can take notes. Some of this I may recall after the fact. Some of this is such on the fly that I'm just going with the story and as it, as it feels to me in presenting to you that this, that, you know, this may be the only time that you will hear this in this regard. So there may be some flavor changes down the line. There may be some inconsistencies. It's all part of me trying to present a story that you guys feel like you're sitting there not trying to click fast forward on the remote control, but you feel that you are within that episode. We derail him all the time well, and, anyway. And, and that's and that's the thing too, when you're when you're creating your own story, you can sense that the person doing it isn't reading from a script. Hmm. They're actually they're actually pulling it from their own because I could tell just by the way you were doing it, I've played enough with, with so many DMs that I could tell that you were actually <laughs> That you were actually doing this yourself. This wasn't something you were pulling off some book. Cool. So I just wanted to to answer to Dan um, how this is going. On. There are there will be times where there is some of the reading from the book, but overall, so she has you she has you in or within earshot into, and she has welcomed you into this church silently, but also directly by passing in through the. Um, into the doorway. She takes no offense whatsoever for those of you that do not back through the doorway as she did. There doesn't seem to be a matter of protocol to that. She asks each of you your names and she asks each of you if um, you have been in the region a long time. Judging from what she has heard from each of you, including uh, Dave's character, the Minotaur, she realizes that she must bring you into somewhat of the story of the area. Where in the great continent this is, she does not necessarily recall. She believes it is to the south. But for her, she was born in this area. To her, she is used to knowledge, to trade, to people coming to her, to Winterhaven. It is a trading area. They have trappers. They've had exotics. An exotic to them may be something that is completely common elsewhere to what is something that is common here may be worth a mint. They have a good lumbering industry. They have good textiles. They make and they use what they make here. They also send items out for trade in a two-way because their view is they would like to build but they're afraid that if they get too big, it may attract the attention of people with nefarious purposes. To which she sort of frowns and turns towards, I would presume at this point, you all have some innate basic sense of direction based on the sun, based on some other portion of training, whatever, that you would at least have a general direction sense. She points to the north. You notice that in the north of this church right now, there is 
a midnight blue tapestry that has been pulled down that covers a 10 by 10 section. For all the gold that is in this place, for all the stone that is worn on the floor, on the ceilings, for all the light coming into the skylight, that northern section just seems all that much darker, as if the material absorbs the light, in which case some of it it does. And we're but still almost, in the church right now, is that right? You are in the church. And we see oh. this, this blue cloth pulled, okay. Yes, but it's almost as if there is a sense of mourning offered towards that direction. Not mourning as in day, but mourning as in, you know, bereavement towards that section. Right. You sense that there used to be more to the north of this church than there is now. There's a lot of, even from your distance, you can see that the thing, heavy things have been moved back and forth. She is pleased, she, Marla seems pleased that your eye has been drawn in the direction offered. You sense that she's willing to explain something, but part of her communication is semantic. Could be body language. It just seems to be natural. She inquires to each of you if you are followers of any particular faith. She doesn't seem to be dredging out who in particular, but do you have a belief? Kenzie, uh, let's start with you. I would say that I don't have a particular deity that I'm following at this particular time. Just the people in general um, have sent me out on a quest to to fight the Dreaming Dark. I'm I'm on the path of the light, but I don't have a particular deity aspect of the light that I'm serving at this time. Okay, Dan? Well, the only deity I know is the Raven Queen, and she gave me life again. So, to an extent, I kind I believe in her, I follow her, but I think she brought me back for other reasons, not just the one I wanted. So, I'm still up in the air about it, but if there was one, she would be the one. Okay. Uh, Bosk? Uh, my deity is, I follow the, the god of Korg, um, which is the god of weather. Uh, he's a storm god, kind of like Thor in some aspect. Um, Word. Which would, prob- which would probably go along nicely in this church since this church is uh, the the sun god correct mm-hmm. am i correct in saying that he's mm-hmm. the god of sun okay yes and so um i'm trying to find my bio on my god my deity i had him in there but basically he um he powers storms and lightning and thunder so um being from the mountains and the hills of where there's often bad weather uh that's who i follow and offer up any worship towards him Oh. Or any of his, of uh, any of his, any anyone in the myth- mythological realm of, of my god is is welcome to me. You're gonna get along with Sanatari so well. She's a storm war priest. <laughs> there you go. See, meant to be. Little Dave? bound chicka wow wow there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly don't draw a blank. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there. Yeah, she's just scratching your head. But, yeah, I'm like, what? Is anybody gonna eat Tylenol? That, that's that's that's, yeah. that's perfect. Perfectly fine. That actually works out just just perfect. Uh, yeah. uh, Matt, do you have anything? 
Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Um, <clears throat> I would say worship a deity, but uh, you know, growing up, we were we did. Um, well, I guess worship is the right term. The uh, the deity Garl uh, Glittergold. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a uh, very um, always general. View. Always What's that? About, always about glitter. <laughs> That's right. I do love sparkle. Um, no, he's uh, he's very gentle and approachable, um, and he values quick thinking and a clear head. Uh, you know, he knows that physical prowess and spiritual might are important, but uh, nothing uh, nothing's more crucial than keeping it all in perspective. So he's very he he is very a, a powerful uh, figure, but um, he's also very calm and collected. Okay. She, she smiles to each answer, and her eyes go wide briefly at the mention of the Raven Queen. However, she does make mention, and she she offers this politely, that the Raven Queen, by herself, is not an omen for bad. Correct. She could be an omen for bad. She could be an omen for good. She is fickle in her ways... Yet, until proven otherwise, she is welcome here. It seems to be directed a bit towards uh, Daros. Yes, and I nod back to her again. <laughs> and she nods, and you nod, and you just start nodding. <laughs> well, I, just, I, just, I nod a lot. I, I'm Bobblehead Daros. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Um, she then takes a breath and she's like to each of you you finish with a sense of calling but you have also offered yourself in some ways beyond yourself and this is good for adventurers the all father of uh, Palor welcomes you to his abode may you find respite, may you find comfort may you find determination and purpose here but as a follower of whatever deity it is that you may be, you have known that there have been times where even the deities have been in error. And there are times when even the best of deities could be at error. And a small error to one who is cosmic could be potentially catastrophic to those who are immortal. this she asks you more as just a simple agreement amongst compatriots a baseline she further continues this is one of those incidents where a minor error long ago has led to death decay issues, problems, calamity words greater than her mind wishes to fully express because the horror that was told to her in stories past would probably set people alive I mean on fire just hearing it. in this one she says was the mistake of inattention for a moment. Again, a cosmic moment 
but long enough that the deity Orcus was able to make an inroad into this realm. He is a deity of death. He is the prince of death. He is evil, a form of evil incarnate amongst a pantheon of evil incarnate. Were he to get into this world, there would be no world left. He is a cancer. She points to the north. There was a time when the keep of the keep on the top of the mountain, from what you have seen outside, her knowledge of what a mountain is is far less than what Bosque may be used to as a mountain, but for them, that is their local interpretation of what a mountain is. It's your standard Castle Grayskull type thing up on a hill, you know, a, a big hill, minor mountain type thing, um, doing your standard, I can see for miles and miles around type keep. Um, There used to be a keep there that served the Shadowfell region in its infancy. When there were random people coming to lay claim and homestead, to traders looking for resources, to people just wanting to get out and maybe set up for themselves. There was a paladin. His name was Calarel. And he was the first and only lord of this keep. He came to the keep after it was built. Because to that point, nobody needed to be lord of the keep. It just seemed like much in this area to be built, to be run within the community. And its purpose served. But then the goblins and other nefarious little vermin began to enter the area and this caused some consternation because time spent to keep was time away from the fields time away from the families time away from the lumber so they thought that maybe if they brought in and made a militia based upon stories heard from other travelers of what militias were Maybe that would serve to better work within the harmony of the community. There just happened to be the time that Calarel was passing through. So they met with him and he agreed to form a citizen's militia. Those who were coming up as youngsters into their teen years could take on, instead of an apprenticeship with a blacksmith or the farmers or someone else, they could become men at arms. So um, he was passing through Winter Haven. Yes. Okay. Okay. He was passing through the city we are currently in, and decided, and the townspeople elected him to create a militia. You know, it 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 it, it seems that for this town, from what you, what you kind of sense is, there's a lot here. They work for it, so therefore, what they get in return, it makes sense. So that it, it seems there is provisions for it beyond just Didi going. Look, buffet <laughs> table, fish feast. Here's your pot. You know, here's your flask of endless rage. Have a nice day. 
Now, was he known from the townspeople as to be an outsider or the old spooky man paladin on the mountain, or was he? No, a, he he was he was just passing through on his war horse. Uh, didn't seem to be attached to anything. He seemed to have the look of wandering yet wanting settlement at the same time. Um, he just you know he he looked like so many other homesteaders, but he was clearly a purpose of someone from the church and the church at that point in time was very nascent and he wasn't a uh, a paladin of paylor but he was still still welcome so they probably just said hey um you know we've got this thing that we want to do you interested and it all just kind of worked out for everyone all concerned does that answer your question yes thank you okay Anybody else have a question for this so far? Nope. Good to go. Okay. So he set up a small militia and was given control over the keep. And a fine militia it was. So new, novice, and green. But the militia people would sometimes cut themselves on their own swords. What? They would march funny. But they were learning. And Calrell turned out to be a very good master to these new men-at-arms. Within a couple of years, every single one of them, to some, probably still green. But for this area, they were veterans true. No, this is not the story of art. <laughs> good try, though. Good try. Yes. Potentially Attila in there, but yeah. Are we going to be running, yeah, Stratholme next? Just a minute. Basically, you know, this is this this is this is why I shouldn't have mentioned the, you know, the Sword of Omen or, you know, his 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 pet horse Snarf. There's a sorceress and a man at arms. That's all you need to know. Yeah, you know, and you got to stick the sword into the doorway and then shove it rapidly to the right and then move out of the way before the drawbridge hits you. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> no, I, I don't. I don't think this would make a uh, a, a good ninety five dollar plastic piece of Toys R Us. <laughs> okay, so he's a good man at arms, and he's a paladin, and he lives in the keep. That's basically what we know. Yep. So you know, he was he was good. He uh, he he served his purpose, and um, so forth. And uh, eventually, it came time. Um, to try and expand the uh, to keep a little bit more, you know, basements for storing provisions securely in case you know they they got large enough and attract attention for people. Uh, workshops, barracks, you know, a, a proper garrison keep on on the expansion, much like the town. They started digging down and digging down, and they came across Mithril. <laughs> Be awesome. I'm guessing the seal. Well, they came across the seal, and for those who like Stargate, which just for visual purposes in our heads, um, they came across the stone circle type Stargate. Um, 
you know, whether it was square, whether it was circle, whether it was whatever, it seemed to change after time to time, but there wasn't anything going with it. One thing that the town still lacked, though, was any decent sense of um, arcane potential or skill or knowledge. And they hadn't seen a wizard or mage pass through in, in quite some time, so they were largely content to leave this circle where it was, uh, this gate, whatever you want to call it, uh, where it was and, and build around it. Hang on a second, I got something in my eye. Ow. So, the keep was built additionally around it. This sudden discovery, though, led to an equally sudden immigration of more homesteaders. It had been a good 20 years since the last good push into the forest surrounding Winter Haven or into the town itself as far as homesteaders came. These people were greeted and welcomed and, you know, made to let know that if they needed to find space, that um, space could be available, but you know, to what skills did they bring the community? The responses were, yes, Opie, this is uh, her telling a story, trying to give some backfill. Um, these people were not quite as gregarious, not quite as open as the previous homesteaders. These didn't seem to be people that met the usual history of the area. When in Winter Haven was in need, people would arrive. It just seemed to happen that way. This was an oddity for an area that was not used to even detecting oddities. Um, but, you know, the people were brought in and perhaps in time, maybe they were fleeing from some persecution. Maybe they just, um, you know, the times could be changing out beyond the general expanse of Winter Haven. So be it, in time they will become like Winter Haven, and that would be good. Give them some time, give them some space. The Church of Palor stood at that point, building the edifice that you are now standing in, but it wasn't as much of a social beacon as it could perhaps be construed to be now. And she seems pleased with the fact that this is a social beacon. These people did not come to town that often. In fact, these people seem somewhat right determined to push or press members of the family into being members of the militia. It was almost that the town itself largely did not exist. The keep was apparently where their belief was their time and place was to be spent. Fathers too old to raise a sword would still push to be militiamen. Children too young to squires. Women to either be fighters themselves or to work around the keep. 
they seem determined. Negative replies as to space or to need were met with frowns and grumbles. Soon they were met with outright scorn and derision. These people were drawn as a magnet to the keep on the shadow fell. Nothing would keep them away. Shooing them away. Calera would attempt to shoo these people away. It was unlike his nature to shoo people away. But there was no real need for a huge garrison. They weren't running to war. They had peace with whatever neighbors they believed were on other sides. They did not need much more than those to keep the roads clear, the goblins under check. But yet, these people started to be invited in. Sergeants and privates and the militia would vouch for these people. Or just they would show up in the muster yard one day after being told no for weeks and weeks and perhaps months. Calarel was not blind, but his senses were not telling him of, you know, demons and devils. They were just telling him of very determined, if misguided, and not so tolerant people. But they wished to assist, and finally there was some semblance of normalcy for this group within Winterhaven. They would serve. So be it. It's during this time that there was a lack of vigilance, of Palor, of other deities, of just perhaps the citizens themselves looking around at each other. It was during this time that these cultists had invaded, quietly, stealthily, like insurgents, and they had come to the keep. They had been entered into the keep. They had their place. They knew where things were. They knew the routines. There is a day that she cannot list the actual date. She almost seems to tear up as if she is going to lose a portion of herself by telling you this. But there is a day that shadows did indeed come to the keep. At the height of the day, at the darkest of the night, all became one. And there was a massive slaughter that took place at the keep. Those who had entered and turned some of the existing people against the region attacked those who stood by as defenders for Winterhaven. These new people, they brought magic. They brought weapons and skills. Old men that looked too old to raise a sword and had been turned away for that reason were like water rushing over stone, getting into every single nook, crack, and cranny in an opponent's armor and taking them apart. Sacrifices were made in the keep, and soon a bolt of light, a shaft of light of the darkest dark, erupted from the portal skyward from the keep. People who told her the stories and passed the stories along to her did not say if this was a short time or a long time. 
what is known as a day then may be different now. But at some point in time, a deathly, cadaverous, gigantic, massive hand, wrist, and upper, sorry, lower arm emerged from this beam of light. Claws extended, palm down as if it would just smash into the ground and drag Winterhaven away. But it did not. Some say that there is again a distortion of time. How could people be rallied? How could people have defended? Why wasn't Winterhaven destroyed in that instance? Again, she doesn't know. She simply knows that much as Winterhaven has always attracted those it needed, suddenly from the south road came mages. From the east road came clerics. From the woods around them came the now extinct elves. From the skies came dragons. From the ground came elementals. There is a time of war. It never really expanded beyond the keep. The insurgents never really wanted to go beyond the keep to begin with. For whatever they wanted was right there. But again, for a time they was fighting. And they were defeated. The insurgents. And finally, when Paylor or another deity's eye passed over and realized, wait, there's been a moment of inattention. The hand, the claw, the arm was driven back. As if fighting the water from a fountain, something pushed the light back in and sealed that ring into what some have described as the darkest stone set into a silver necklace as ever could be. By silver necklace, dark stone for the contained forces, and then there's the stone around it that, you know, use your, use your own uh, imagination for that. I'm using Matt's. <laughs> Godspeed, Dan. Godspeed. Matt's already got the screenplay going. Um, and a picket line of defense was set up around the Keep of the Shadowfell, just in case the mothers escaped. But there was no escape. But more oddly, in the time of darkest need, there was also no word, absolutely no word, of what happened, became, or was done by the Lord and Master of the Shadowfell Keep, Kellera. Some say he fought as if possessed. Some say that he was possessed. Some say that he killed both in defense, and some say that he killed as an insurgent. Those who know are dead. Those who want to know have been too afraid to go and find the magics to ask. The keep, she says, has been allowed to decay. There are magics on there that she does not understand, and Paylor will not explain to her, simply that there is the reassurance that life has been able to go about and go forward without the fear that this was suddenly going to explode upon them again. Please, 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 my children, was seeming to be the advice of Paylor. I will keep a better attentive eye this next time. 
My apologies. She says it as one who is not sure she can accept that. But that is okay. Or one who does and realizes that perhaps those who are cosmic are at times much like their creations. A little flawed. So the keep has been allowed to go down lest others are tempted to take it over or plummet steps or generally interact. It's largely kept as a memorial to those that passed for proper defense. And a time where maybe being large enough was the wrong goal and it just attracted the wrong people. Better to have traitors than insurance, insurgents. But of late, there's been an increase in goblins. Too much of the old stories seem to be happening again. And much as there is a cycle of day to night, day to night, what if there is a circle and a sequence that is again coming around? To this she has put word out in the modern fashion by courier to those beyond the borders of even she knows of. And here again, Winterhaven has provided for Winterhaven with five possible adventurers. You are most welcome for being here. Anything from you guys? Hmm. This sounds like uh, a little bit about what Zenatari is looking for. Um, it's kind of vague, but definitely a dark force. Could be the Dreaming Dark, don't know. So I think it's worth exploring. And uh, what is she asking of us? I would ask her. I would ask her directly, you know, what what does she want from us and and uh, what is she expecting us to find? Anybody else before I answer that? Who am I and why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll just stay quiet. I like the question. I'm just going to listen. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just listening. She smiles somewhat quixotically uh, towards Dave. Always Dave. And what? <laughs> go, go ahead. And she goes, you are most unlike the other sons of the Thunderspire. We shall have to make a point to find out if that is indeed where you are from, or if you are not. We can do this in good time. We will help you. We, she implies, being the church and the townsfolk. Because, you know, not having a rampaging minotaur is apparently a good way to get some get some help. Um, to Genesee's character, she turns and says there there's there's too much happening. There's been too many goblins of late. There's been too many Xanatari. Xanatari. Atari. This is the issue of getting used to character names. Um, she turns to Xanatari and says that there's been too much of 
a repetition of the past. The goblins have been raiding farms. There's more wild beasts out in the woods. And darkness has not just simply been a time of rest, but it's been more of a time of fear recently. And she looks like she's about to say some more, but there is the sudden ringing of an alarm bell. Uh oh! Popcorn's done. Yeah, check your backup. <laughs> Soon after this one bell starts, the bells of the cathedral—not the cathedral, but the church that you are in—start to ring, as if an answer or joining in with this. The bell tolls. Yep. <laughs> Oh, but you knew we'd have Inception in here in some way, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. awesome. We've gone deeper in tone. Uh, okay, now I need to remember what the heck I was going to say, because now I've got my Sorry. power stuck in my head. Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. I just... <laughs> now everything is going to be phrased in the form of, uh, is it going to be done by Lars? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, we now have the Lars, the Lars uh, Cobalt. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, a kid comes running through town, and there is an older gentleman with him that is still keeping pace, shouting that their farm is under attack by goblins or kobolds or something whatever it is it's a monster and it's threatening their crop there is a group that is trying to form for possible defense of this farm but it'll take them a little while to get to their weapons Marla looks at each of you in turn and smile somewhat slightly as if again it's not an oddity but it's more of a blessing Winterhaven does bring those who they need who it needs and seems to pause the conversation to see what you all might do okay Alright, so I am going to uh, just say everything to her, just, you know, tell her that I will take her up on this quest for her respect for talking near shot of me and the kind words of my deity. So I will go to fight the goblins at the farm. Not thinking of the others, just on my own. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I'm not, I don't know you guys very well. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree to assist in any way, shape, or form just due to the fact that she agreed to assist in helping me figure out who I am and why I'm here. I'll, <clears throat> I'll help as well um, for the sole purpose so far, uh, as of right now, for the sole purpose because 
uh, Darrow s- said he would go, and despite the fact that I had heard that there was a lot of Revenant in this area, I haven't found any yet. He's the only one that I've found. Rather than attack him right now, I think if I kind of hang around him, he will lead me to more. So really, I'm doing it more to follow him. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um, tabs on me. <laughs> I, I'd like to ask her, um, uh, completing or helping uh, her out at this time, would I receive information about maybe the whereabouts of, of my family in, in return? She makes it plainly clear that if this family had passed through the area that they have a very competent family that has taken upon them the uh, historical recordings of the area and um, she would be most happy to make introductions and to see but she cannot uh, promise that there will be information useful to you in there but uh, she would be happy to throw the books open so to speak um, she will also ask as part of her uh, her daily prayers if uh, Paylor may have um, see fit to bless you perhaps with a ray of light here or there that may shed some light upon your path okay I accept I will go to I would give her the thanks of the Adar and and ask again for clarification if she's just looking for the goblins in the area to be cleared out or if she's looking for something further to be done at the keep before I go and assist at the farm. She is looking, she explains that she is um, unfamiliar with uh, magic of an arcane nature. And from what she has heard, that and seen from the very limited head wizards that have come through magic has a duration her own magic of healing is of of duration and she worries that if this cycle is coming around again that maybe the magic however deific or whatever caused uh, the uh, the ward to go up um, may be failing she is greatly concerned for the town and would like the keep checked and if there is one that might understand what has been done there um, to either be able to make a correction or a refresh of the magic or maybe speak more competently if having to travel out of town and out of the region to seek help of uh, you know an arcane nature um, but she's very concerned that there is um, bad tidings coming from the keep okay she would like the let's head to the farm hero. let's do it let's go kill some Urukai oh I mean God <laughs> 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 you know take candle <laughs> oh yes there we are oh, marching out of goldshire heading for the mines oh wow got the candles um reaching the edge of town is very simple the unexpected part is that there is a sudden shower that begins 
<laughs> Not a heavy rain, but definitely enough to make uh, the roads a mess. Um, you have been informed that the farm is two miles out of town and is um, fairly well cleared around the farmhouse and should not be a strenuous journey. I would like to uh, say this li actually lifts my spirit says this is a blessing from Cord, my deity. Mm -hmm. Is that a storm? Rain um, is? Yeah, he's a storm. He's, he's a god of, he's the god of storms. Yes. Oh, I thought it was, you're right. I thought, I was thinking sun. Never mind. You're right. That's the, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the god of the church that we were in. But yeah. That's, yeah, I got it mixed up. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more ecstatic. I feel a boost of confidence yet trying to overcome these obstacles of the messy roads. It's mm -hmm. also a sign that Xanatari is stressed. Um, that's one of the, she's not very expressive of her emotions, but when she gets upset or stressed because she's a storm war priest, uh, sometimes there are elemental expressions of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. The first mile goes by. The rain continues to play along. There's no sounds from further ahead that may be magnified by the rain. You don't get the sense that there is anything watching you. The woods, now shaded, do seem darker than perhaps a comfortable tent and fire would otherwise make, but you don't feel necessarily that there's uh, matters amiss. But Continuing on, uh, you reaching the mid midways for the remainder of your mile, the rain lets off. The wind is cool and comfortable. The road beneath your feet remains level, and there's occasionally a stone that peeks up out of the woods and has either been made part of a rock wall or just been allowed to hang into the road for no purpose other than it was too big to remove. At this point, I would ask each of you to roll a perception check. Normally, okay, I would be more, normally I would be more subtle in this, but as you've asked for a degree of training wheels, I'm going to just call for specific Alright, tell us okay. how to do that. Yes, please. Um, you should have in your... There's thing. passive perception. Is that what we're interested in? Yeah, well, my passive perception is 10. Mm. The... 10, awesome. Okay. I would like each of you to roll a... D20. Okay. Okay. Mine's 15, but okay. Okay. Now, who has rolled equal to or less than their um, perception? That would be me. I rolled a 2. I rolled a 5. I rolled a and 5. my perception was 10. My perception was 10. Okay. And then... Uh, and um, can, I, can I just ask as a complete noob, 
my perception is under the skills section, right? Combat, mm -hmm. statistics, and senses. Oh, it's on the front at the bottom left corner. Yeah, yeah bottom left corner. Or on your back near your action cards. Passive perception. Oh, yeah, you're okay. Top. I gotcha. I still rolled lower. <laughs> I rolled a 16 and minus 15. I rolled a the, 11 uh, and minus 10. I think the other one is... Um, no, that other one down below on page uh, 4, I think, for most people. That's just a rehash of the one that's up top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, very good. So, for those who did not make their perception rolls, i.e. roll their number or lower, following is out-of-character information. Please treat it as such unless the other members choose to share in character with you. You notice footprints leading up and down the road, many of which were made by small clawed feet. Hmm. See, okay. and that's something that uh, that I should have known because I'm one with nature. But <laughs> did anyone else roll? Um, did anyone else make the check besides me? I did. Okay, I made the check. For was it uh, Dave? Were you the one who made it too? Yeah. Uh, no. Wait. No, I rolled. Like... Yeah, I rolled two. Okay. okay. For you, the following is in character information. The rest is out of character information. There be an ambush nearby, and it is close, and it is about to go off before you even reach the uh, the farmhouse. You okay. can smell it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody! I think we need to uh, look around here. See, uh, I sent something. Not exactly sure where it's at, but it's coming and it's going to be here real quick-like. Anybody else who made their perception rolls have any comments in character for people? Yes. Oh, uh... Um, just... Still. I'm going to hide over here. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, God. I hope no. you are a giant you can't hide anywhere. I know. Now, because I made my perception roll, I know the footsteps are there. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So he knows something's going on. Pay attention. We think it's goblins in the area due to the footprints that are left in the ground. Something with mm -hmm. claws went through here. And that's mm -hmm. what I informed the group of. Okay. For those who did not make their perception roll, do you have any comments or insights that you wish to make? I see nothing. Based on, based, <laughs> based, based on you know, you thought you some, saw something, but it was, ooh, look at the pretty cardinal, or crap, there's a dragon coming. What? Oh, you know. it's just singing in the rain. I am. I'm, like, la, la, la. I'm so I happy. Am. Splashing in the puddle. Mm. I, I do find it curious that I that I didn't notice, uh, and I, I wonder if there's something about the area we're in that kind of, yeah. I don't want to say dulls my senses, but that kind of throws me off a little bit. Can I ask? Those woods, those woods are looking a little, you know. Normally, you're kind of a fire and some beer. You're pretty well looking to hunker down. Those ones kind of. Hmm, Disney's gotten a little involved here. Maybe. <laughs> um, can but I, I mean, uh, based on the information from uh, Darrow's, can I ask uh, Kurik to use any elf senses or hunting abilities to maybe find us more information? 
Sure. Okay. Correct. Um, Go ahead and use your elf eyes and tracking ability. Tell us what you see. Um, is, is anything he would roll on or anything? I'm going to take, actually, in this case, I'm going to have you... Um, it's it's not standard, but I think it works well for this uh, this case. I'm going to have you roll a streetwise, just because you know you're trying to look for something in a realm that you're used to, as if you know you were rogue working in a city. The nature one, you know, you're not looking for the bear that fell over and heard the tree that fell over. You know, <laughs> I, I think in this case, I'm going to let let it go with a streetwise. Okay. And what do I, what do I need to do to do that? And then your your streetwise is uh, what is it under your skills? It's uh, it says uh, well, it says streetwise and charisma next to it. Uh, it yep. says minus one. <laughs> you should have asked wow. me. My streetwise is eight. <laughs> okay. oh. Just. For the fun of it, I'm going to continue to do something non-standard here. <laughs> but, um... Dave. Dave. Yeah. Or who, a- who asked uh, for the, um, the elf eyes? Opie. Me. Opie did. Opie, would you do me a favor and roll a 1d20? 1d20. Do it. Come on. Hold on. Okay. Oh, a three. Awesome sauce. <laughs> the son of one. <laughs> you two are no help to the group. <laughs> you so dumb. Opie you trips so over dumb. his feet. He gets a good <laughs> look at Maggie. the grass. Look at the mud puddle. It's leaking in the water. <laughs> he trips over his feet and falls on curve. Hey, wait. It's raining. Matt, <laughs> Matt, now proving the fact that why the elves in this area are extinct. Oh! Have no sense of sight. And it's kind of like asking a old person to go drive NASCAR. <laughs> it's just this area. It's just this area. Okay. Back home, I can Matt, see things a mile away. If you would roll a d20, subtract one, and if you get a one or a, one or a two, um, that would be awesome sauce. I rolled a 20. <laughs> yes! No, that's not good. No, it's no. not good. No, that's not Except good. For what he wants, I guess. Yeah. You can't roll again. That's it. Oh, no, Matt. I'm just hitting my <laughs> oh, Okay. Matt. Jeez. Practice rolling on the droid. <laughs> Normally, that would be a critical, critical success. <laughs> but... but you, your sharp, keen eyes of a newborn kitten. <laughs> Listen, it's storming. He got dirt in his eyes. Will be wet? What kind of? He is horribly distracted. Hang on. He's distracted he's hor- by something shiny. He's horribly distracted by Darrow. He can't really pay attention on anything else. You know, dollars at the strip club would be wasted on him right now. Okay. <laughs> Can I use my telepathic communication? Since I have telepathic communication within five squares, would I not be able to sense if there's like living people 
you know, like, that have thoughts or something that might be useful to know if they're right here or not. Track humanoids. Yeah, I need there. track humanoids. There you go. Humanoids. That's what we thought. No, no, not, not with that. Not with that current uh, psionic. Uh, it doesn't work like ability. that. You'd have to directly talk to the person you're aiming for. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know you can't call Professor X and. Bosk, I say we just like lightning shock the whole damn forest. Yeah, I'm gonna start praying. Let's go, Matt, Matt. Matt, you yeah. are. Uh... <laughs> Actually, here, let me. Uh... This is going to be a case where it's going to be poor podcasting because I need to put the proverbial slip of paper note uh, under the table to Matt here. Okay. <laughs> Matt can make what he Do wants it. Uh, Do it. done. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll you study can message the footprints. Him. You can message him privately on Skype. I'll study the footprints and Dave will sniff the air. And, uh, <laughs> and I hope he's just sinking in the rain over there in the mud. Oh, it's bacon. It's more bacon. <laughs> <laughs> if it hadn't started raining, I'd been okay. <laughs> I say snack check in five. Come on, Kirk. Actually, I don't care for Kirk right now. He's got eyes out for me. Never mind, Kirk. I am oddly amused with Bosk, though. He's a giant that acts as a dwarf, and I don't know why. So, he, he, uses, he amuses me. He uses tiny silverware. <laughs> He's so small big. Hands. He's small so hands. big, but yet a small fool. This is so weird. Hey, Matt, did you get that? Yeah. Okay, okay you, it's, it's, you can make of that whatever you will, react to that however you will, whatever you want. Um, this is now whatever you wish to convey, if you, if you do it all. Go. Oh, so I can, I can choose whether or not I want to... You can do whatever you want with that, within whatever your character would do, anything. Because, remember, you don't know if you, you know, hit jackpot or what you've done, but... That that is that's what you think you're damn well determined as far as the uh, result of your role. Um, I think I will share um, because I I want to I want to see this through a little bit more with the group. I don't want to get everybody else killed just because I want Daros to die. I don't want everybody else to. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I have uh, my my, uh, my elven eyesight. It's not. It's, it, there's something about this area and about the the rain and the storms. Um, plus, like like says said, um, you know, I uh, concentration on Daros. Everything is kind of not. Uh, everything's kind of out of focus. But I was able to barely. I, I use my elven hearing, mm. and I do hear a a large mob or uh, of monsters, and I hear some howling wolves off to the left. Ooh. I can't see them or smell them, but I do hear it faintly. Okay. All right. At this point, I would like us to take a break. I will probably stop the episode, and we will continue the episode on the next podcast. But we'll keep recording tonight. Is that okay? Okay. And good. So we'll get snack break, bathroom, Ooh, all that. Right. Cliffhanger for next week. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com or look us up on Facebook or Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers and the Geek Bits podcast on regular guys talking about geeky stuff. One at grayareapodcast.com or geekbits.net.
You can find our D4 Maphook group and join us for free. We'll be posting pictures and fun quotes from the episodes, and we also encourage listeners to post and share the D&D stories there, too. Join us for a worldwide story on Maphook. Stay tuned for next week as we continue the adventure.